Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Nigel is sitting here, which is a tremendous mistake. <laughs> it, it is now, let me give you an accurate read here. It is almost a quarter to eight in the morning on Monday morning, uh, January 3rd. Yes. Almost quarter to eight in the morning. Between eight and ten, all the local forecasts call for one, two, or three inches per hour. Washington, now I will, I, I often wonder, why do people listen to this show? It can't be for the local weather. It just can't be. And yet, that's what you're going to get right now. You're going to get local weather in Washington, D.C. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. All right, before I begin with the meat of the show, let me first say to Finn and the people at Pineapple, thank you so very much for clearing me out. Thank you so very, very much. Cleared out my house, cleared out Michael's house. Pineapple landscaping, thank you. You have my absolute joy and thanks. Why did I need to be cleaned out? <clears throat> because eight inches of snow fell on my house. Yeah, half a foot. Well, more than half a foot. I said half a foot, but I meant... <laughs> half a pound. Yeah, half a pound is what I meant. 16 <laughs> ounces, 12 inches. I should have known the difference. Yeah. All right, we got eight inches here, but it was over by one o'clock. It was over by 1 o'clock, and it was over on I-95 south of Washington, D.C. by 1 o'clock. And then it was really over because there was no movement both sides of I-95, the most important interstate highway east of the Mississippi, the most important, the most traveled, was shut down both sides for a period of time approaching a day. My friend Tracy Roberts, who comes here every single day to help with PTI, was in her car for 25 hours. One of the senators from Virginia, Tim Kaine, was in his car for 27 hours. This, to me, felt like an incredible, massive failure of government. I will even read to you what I wrote to my daughter-in-law yesterday. The 95 shutdown just led the nightly news on NBC. Leon Harris is waiting for me to shut up for a second. <laughs> but there was no mention of this at all on Monday. There was no mention of it. I guess nobody knew. I guess they didn't have crews. There was no mention of it. And by Tuesday, it led the nightly news in the United States of America. The 95 shutdown just led the nightly news in America. The Virginia governor has his head in a sling for this. And the VDOT head will be canned. And the Secretary of Transportation will come under fire. At least on tomorrow's podcast, he will. This is a disaster. You can't say you were overwhelmed by the snow. You knew it was coming. You let people sit in their cars and left them to die. The entire point of leadership is to be prepared for crisis, and if you're not, to double your efforts. This is why Biden is failing. He makes promises he can't keep and then says he didn't expect such and such to happen. Kamala Harris often says such and such was more than she expected. If you aren't ready for what happens, get out of the way and let somebody who is prepared take over. It's the old slogan, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And then I wrote, am I being too wildly philosophical? <laughs> so I need Leon to bail me out because Leon... Uh, how how can you shut this down and not communicate to people who are sitting in cars? They they had no idea. You can't anticipate everybody has you know has electronic or or GPS capabilities or everybody has a cell phone. You where's where is the National Guard? Where is FEMA? Where are people reaching out to help these people? I'll shut up now and tell me if I'm crazy. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. um listen um those are all great questions and when we asked the governor ourselves we asked the governor directly yesterday and 
his answer, though it might have been the right one, it wasn't satisfactory. Uh, essentially, he said, even if he had called the National Guard out, it would have taken 24 to 40. It would, it would have taken 12 to 24 hours to get them out. But even if they had called them out, they couldn't get to the, the spot where the problems were because the, because the ice and the, the off ramps, the on ramps rather, were all shut down. The, the biggest thing was this. You, the, the snow wasn't predicted to come down at four inches per hour, which it did. Uh, and also, because it was 60 degrees on Sunday. I was on my grill. I'm cooking outside on Sunday. Yeah, I played golf. There was, yeah, you're right. There, exactly. Thinking there's no way this is going to happen. These people always, they always scream bloody murder and think it's going to, they say it's going to be 20 inches of snow, and we end up getting point two. Uh, this time around, it all happened. But because it was so warm, everything that first fell turned into ice. And then you didn't, nobody counted on six tractor trailers being involved in one accident. That's the thing that really screwed everything up. If it had been one tractor trailer, we'd have, you know, the, the 40, I'm sorry, a 95 might have been shut down for, I don't know what, an hour. But as it turned out, there were six tractor trailers involved in one accident. Because they're all going just, 90 miles an hour. Yeah, all of because them. Because they can. Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing is, so nobody counted on, on the 60-degree weather turning everything into ice underneath the snow. And then nobody counted on six tractor trailers being involved in one accident at one time, which never happens. So, But make an effort. Go- You're the governor. Make an yeah. effort. People, are, people have no communication. They're freezing yeah. to death. And, and nobody is out there. You, you, I'm sorry. You've got to go door to door. You've got to try to go. You've got to try. And his answer to that was, well, what we've been saying, we said for 24 hours, don't get on the roads if you don't have to. Don't get on the roads if you don't have to. And that's exactly what we were saying on the air as well. We started, we that doesn't, that started, doesn't alleviate the responsibility of leadership. It doesn't. I, I, yeah, I, I hear right? you. And everybody who was stuck in a car for 24 hours feels exactly the same way. And, and they're, they're going to have to answer to that. Well, he doesn't have to answer because he's out. Because North, well, Northam out. is out, and the other guy is in in an hour and a half. So, but I mean, this is uh, again. Where's FEMA? Where's the Secretary of Transportation? Where's well, the federal we, response? Where? Here's the question. Well, here's one of the things we did ask about that. One, FEMA it doesn't do things pro- proactively. They they are they respond uh, in the wake of an right. emergency, and that's what right. happened. So we had the emergency. They could have got they could have gotten called out after the emergency, but that would have still taken 24 hours or so. Uh, same uh, and, and the same thing with the, with the National Guard. They, they, they don't get called out proactively, uh, but also the governor says that the local authorities had to declare a disaster before he oh. could step in and call it oh. a disaster. See, this and is I don't know if that's, this is what always how, happens. You know, somebody uh, says it's not my fault, and here's why. I mean, I'm yeah. surprised he didn't say, "Well, it's Interstate 95. It's not my responsibility. It's the federal government's responsibility." Everybody's always passing the buck, and nobody says the following words: "I'm really sorry this happened, and I screwed it up. I yeah. screwed it well, up." You, and you're you know, exactly I mean, right about the, you're exactly right about the fact that this was the most important traffic artery east of the Mississippi. You know, there's, there probably isn't a, a, a more traffic interstate in the entire country aside from I-5 on the West Coast. Um, and so, therefore, you would think that there would have been there would have been things, material, personnel put in place in advance of this. But again, like I said, uh, I, there's, no good, there's no good answer coming from any of the authorities. But again, nobody expected six, six tractor trailers uh, and four inches of ice, because that's what they said was on the road surface under the snow was four inches of ice. And 
I don't even think Sheehan would have called for that. It, it was it was it was it was really a perfect storm. It really was I, a perfect I, storm. I hate to use I that, get all of that. that phrase. Yeah. It's unheard of to shut down ninety five in both directions. It's, it's unheard of. For, this has for never happened before. Miles. But for there are you know miles. There are ill people, there are old people, there are pregnant people, you know, there's there's all sorts of need in those cars and there's no particular communication. I mean, Tracy Roberts, she had no idea that the thing was shut. Yeah. She, I, yeah. Nobody had any idea that this was going on. And I just, you know, it, it does, it, doesn't it feel like a massive failure? Doesn't it really? It, it does. It really does. Again, it's a 43-mile-long mile backup that, does, that oh. takes 27 hours to get cleared up. Yes, it feels like an emergency, and it feels like somebody should be held accountable. I, I just don't know where you start. Uh, maybe you, you start at the top. You start with the governor, but as you said, he's on his way yeah. out the door. So, what, do you, what, what can what, what can Glenn Youngkin do about this? He's just he's probably just glad That's that right. he didn't get the job until just now. Uh, it, well, there's almost- this something like this in my youth cost John Lindsay the mayorality in New York City. He went away during a snowstorm, and everybody got really angry. Because the streets weren't, nothing was done in New York City. And he lost the next election, if I'm not mistaken. So Northam would lose the next election, but there is no next election for him. Because he's out now. I just, go ahead. Well, you know, Ted Cruz did the same thing. He left during an ice storm in Texas and went to Cancun. He didn't didn't cost his job. (laughs) Right, he flew back the next day. Well, that's Texas. You know, they're going to keep electing that guy. Wasn't there an instance with Marion Barry when there was a terrible snowstorm here in the 80s? Yeah. And yeah. then he was in yeah. at the Super Bowl or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I was like, yeah. sorry about that, guys. Exactly. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, Northam, look, again, leadership is defined by how you react under times of stress. This guy yeah. didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. And the federal government didn't do anything. And amazingly, you know, I understand it's more snow than they thought, except except for this. I tuned in. So I'm, I'm looking on my phone two days before the snow. And the mm-hmm. phone says there's going to be sort of light coating in your area. Then yeah. on Sunday morning, I tuned into Channel 4, and I saw a guy I'd never seen before. I don't even know his name. He's wearing a sport Ryan shirt Miller. and a sport jacket. And Ryan he Miller. said, okay, he said, we're going to get one to four. He says, I know you people don't think we're going to get one to four, but we're going to get, that's what it's saying, we're going to get one to four. And then by Sunday night, by Sunday yeah. night, people were saying, this could fall between eight and ten at four inches an hour. So that I don't think anyone in Virginia or anyone in the federal government who has a television can say, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I was overwhelmed. No, because they're saying this could be overwhelming. And so yeah. there was no proactive anything, was there? Well, telling look, people I, to I, stay I, off the roads doesn't work. That doesn't work. I wear, I, I wear the same uniform Ryan Miller does, and I didn't believe it. <laughs> Again, oh, yeah, I, I know. I was cleaning my grill. I'm not cleaning my grill at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday thinking, there's no way. There's no way this is all going to be white. It's so warm, nothing's going to stick. And lo and behold, what we got was, again, the perfect situation. And what we got at my house, I got, I got at least eight inches at my house as well. Yeah. And again, yeah. I went out and I spent an hour and a half shut. I didn't, didn't have pineapple half landscape to come to my crib. So I had to shut yeah, my because... own driveway out. 
took me an hour well, and you, a half. And you sure can. Enough, You're young me. enough to shovel. You don't have a cardiologist <laughs> saying to you, don't you dare shovel. I have that. Well, where do I get one? Where do I, where do I get <laughs> Rent a cardio, it's called. You can get one. And then, and then call Pineapple. We'll call Finn. But so but now, was, it, so now it becomes the lead story in America. Yeah. The lead story in America, right? Isn't that wild? Absolutely. I'm the 43-mile-long backup on the most important interstate um, on the east coast of the country, absolutely, it's, it's a national story. And again, that's one reason why you would think that the leaders, the leadership would have, would have been better at being more proactive and staging people, yes. personnel, equipment, whatever, in places to actually address this. But again, no, no one really, no one saw this coming, and no one saw a six-tractor trailer pile up. No, no, no one saw right. that. Yeah, now, I don't know if you... That, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't sorry. know if you heard this. Apparently, a meteorologist had spoken to Northam on Sunday night to warn him about this storm. And Northam replied, you'd love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name in the National Geographic. He then went on to say that January 4th was going to be the biggest year ever for Virginia. And they're going to keep it open. It's ridiculous. He didn't say any <laughs> of those things. But, Leon, well, what about know, this? If, if you're, you, draw, you, you draw the Biden comparison, I remember yeah. back, you know, before Biden actually took office before the inauguration and he was out speaking up uh, about being more and being better and being more proactive uh, and being more efficient yeah. and being more uh, competent in dealing with the with the coronavirus issue you, you didn't hear Yunkin uh, on the sidelines on this one <laughs> you didn't hear no. uh, the the incoming governor or the incoming administration uh, screaming bloody murder about doing a better job of getting ready for this thing either so we didn't we, we didn't have that we didn't have the leadership with the incoming team here either Yunkin, yeah, Yunkin is sitting in the house saying, please don't call me on this one. I don't want to have to talk about this one. It's one thing I thought of, though, and Tracy told me this, too. If you're Putin, you're sitting there, you go, well, we don't need guns. Just drop some ice. Just drop some ice on America. No, just take it over. They can't even move. A little bit of ice. You can't move. Every Leon, thank you, thank you, thing, thank you. Every time this kind of thing happens, what, what, what occurs to us is that the only thing you really need to do to us to, to stop this country cold is to do something to the electricity. That's all yeah. you got to oh, yeah. do. You take yeah. that away. We, we got no phones. We got no tablets. We, we, we got nothing. We got no, we got no, no PTI. And, and that, which <laughs> it drives people crazy when they don't have electricity for any amount of time. That's all it takes. Very weird. Very awful situation. Hope it doesn't happen again. Thank you, Leon, as always. Talk to you soon. Take care. Leon Harris, Boys and Girls, Channel 4. It's the newsman we go to when we need news. Explain to us. I will take a break. Uh, Booger McFarlane, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X chair read. You may love your work, but do you love your office chair? You would if you got an X chair. I'm sitting in an X chair right now, by the way, and I add going off script. With an X chair, you can actually look forward to sitting in your office because your body will feel so much more supported and comfortable. And more comfort means more productivity, helping your X chair pay for itself thanks to how much more work you'll be getting done every day. Interesting logic on that. And if you're feeling tight or stressed, just turn on the Elamax feature and choose from four different massage options. If the office is running too hot or too cold, just flip on the Elamax temperature regulation and either heat or cool your lower back. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL as the insiders call it, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. So try X-Chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Eddie Murphy said that. <laughs> go to xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X, chair, 
T-O-N-Y.com or call 1-844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. X-CHAIRTONY.com. Don't be stupid. Use the code. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is from Don Stewart, who sends us songs a lot, and they're always great. He says, here's a new song called Speed of Light on my latest album. I'm really glad you talked about John Madden because he was one of my favorite football announcers ever. Made me feel like I was in the booth with him, made the game seem so simple. Remember one time he was using that thing he would draw on the screen with, and he was saying, now see that big lineman with a shirt not tucked in? He's got mud all over him and a little blood. That's my kind of football player. And he would draw a circle around the guy's untucked shirt like he was breaking down a complicated play, and I couldn't help but laugh. There were times I didn't feel like laughing, and John Madden would make me laugh and feel like everything would be okay. Thank you for playing my songs. This is called The Speed of Light. It plays in somebody who's had his shirt untucked every once in a while and blood on him, Booger McFarlane. And I want to tell people what happened um, with something that I wrote to Booger the other day. I think that I tell you all the time, it pleases me no end to text people when they're on television. <laughs> it's the greatest joy of my life. I've done this to a lot of people and I love it. And this is timestamp Monday, 7.15 p.m. When Booger is on television in the pregame show for Monday Night Football. And I go, I'm watching. You look all bundled up. Are you cold? Don't have weather like that in Tampa, Tony. And Booger responds, cold as hell. <laughs> How cold was it? How cold was it? That was in Pittsburgh, right? How cold was it? Yeah, TK, first of all, thanks for having me. Yes, it was very, very cold. Uh, you know, it's a different type of cold up there. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chicago. I can deal with cold. Like, I'm used to being a little cold. But there's a certain cold, TK, where after you go inside and you've been inside for about an hour out of the cold and you're still cold, that lets me know that it's a whole different level of cold. It's almost as you're as if your bones are cold. So, yeah, it was cold as hell in Pittsburgh. I agree with this completely. I did one game in Chicago on Monday Night Football that was so cold, and we were in a booth. It was so cold that I began to slur my words as if I were drunk. Uh, and and what, what you're saying, Booger, my bones were cold. It's the coldest I've ever been. I grew up in New York State and went to school in upstate New York. Nothing like Chicago. Not, nothing in my life like Chicago. You, 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 that's what you feel, right? It's nothing like that. So I feel bad now. The fact that you and I are even remotely comparative in a situation, I feel bad. Because I know you and you're a little soft. And, and the fact that I'm <laughs> soft now with you, it, it's bothering me a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. All right, your, uh, your loyalty to Tennessee appears yes. to be rewarded. It, and so, you know, props to you for your loyalty to Tennessee. Take it away. Well, here's the thing, Tony, is, is that they have an identity. They have a formula in which they play with. Mike Vrabel sticks to it. They're a very, very hard-nosed, physical football team. And as much as we get enamored with the glitz and glam of offense and Brady and Mahomes and Rodgers, Sometimes we forget, man, football is just bone on bone. Can I hit the other guy harder and make him feel more pain than I can? And Tennessee does that. It may not look pretty with Ryan Tannehill throwing interceptions. It may not look pretty from a stylistic yeah. standpoint as far as how they go about doing it. But right now, Tony, if they beat the Houston Texans, they're the number one seed. They get a week off, and they're going to get Derrick Henry back. And the road to yeah. the Super Bowl goes through Nashville. And to me, that's a credit 
to Mike Vrabel and his staff and the style of play that they implement up there. Uh, do you have any thoughts about Cincinnati, particularly Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who are LSU guys, like you're an LSU guy, and what, what they have done already and what they might do in the future? It's very hard to quantify chemistry and just understanding each other. Like, we, we take a look at Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and they have it. You, know, you, you yes. take a look at Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, and so far in a couple of years, they have it. We've seen Aikman and Irvin have it. We've seen Rice and Young and Montana have it. And so for these two guys to have it this, in this short of time, Tony, is unheard of. It's just an innate chemistry. It's a feeling of, I know that if I throw it in your vicinity, you're going to always have my back. You even heard, you even heard Joe Burrow say it hey, I knew that Jamar was down there somewhere, so F it, I just threw it up. That, 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 yes. Those were his words. And so yes. uh, it, it, it's something that they developed while they were at LSU. It's something that they carried over. And I'll be the first to admit, I was wrong because I thought Cincinnati should have taken Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. Because I, I was just going to bring that up. Yes, yeah, I was going to bring that up, that everybody said, take an offensive lineman to protect Burrow, don't take a wide receiver, and they took the wide receiver. Yes. Yeah, because, Tony, they have really good wideouts. you got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Like, they have good wideouts, but Jamar Chase is special. So shout-out to everybody in Cincinnati because you guys proved a lot of people wrong, including me, because as much as I still think Joe Burrow needs to be protected more, because if you go back and look at the last two years, he's been sacking more than any quarterback in football. The chemistry and the, and the weaponry that they have to go along with Jamar Chase is outstanding. And so they, they have something going and think about this, Tony. If you look at Boyd, Higgins, Chase, Burrow, and Joe Mixon, that's all their stars, and they're all under 25, Tony. Think about that. I think they could be – I don't think they can win it this year, but I think that they could be next year what Kansas City was three years ago. I think they could be on the verge. Let me get to two teams with older quarterbacks, not young stars. The Rams and the Bucks. they both won late. And the question I had written down, and I know that everybody, I know that you can look in the history of the NFL and you can find teams with average to a little better than average quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl. People who rose up in that particular moment or had a great streak and won a Super Bowl. But when you look at the Rams and the Bucks, when you look at what Tom Brady did in the last two minutes of that game without, without Godwin, without Fournette, without Antonio Brown, without any timeouts, doesn't it make you feel that if you have a great quarterback, you're always in it, a great quarterback? Without a doubt. And basically what you're saying is this, Tony. When you have a guy who the moment never gets too big for at the position that touches the ball every single time. So here's what happens in, 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 in crucial situations or pressure moments. Guys get nervous, Tony. Like the, Even the greatest players get nervous, but they understand how to calm their heartbeat down and slow down and think thoroughly. I remember when I first got on TV and the light would come on and I had so many thoughts in my head and it's like, man, I need to get them all out. And sometimes like early on, I would panic and not get any of them out. And the more and more comfortable you get, the more and more experience you get. Now it's almost as if that two and a half minute segment slows down and it feels like 10 minutes because you're just going through your thoughts and it's seamless transition from one thought to the next. It's very similar, Tony, to what happens at the quarterback position. Tom Brady, it's two minutes left. I got no timeouts. Antonio Brown has lost his everlasting mind. He's gone off the yeah. field naked. 
Um, I got no Fournette. Uh, Chris Godwin is on injury reserve. No problem. I got this. And he's throwing the guys that didn't even play college football in Cyril Grayson. So it's an innate ability, Tony, to slow your heart rate down, more importantly, to slow your thinking down, where you can process information at a high rate of speed, even though the moment slows down. And the veteran quarterbacks can do it the best, like Rodgers, like Brady, guys that have been there and done that and seen everything. Thank you for mentioning Antonio Brown. He's the author of his own book. I mean, I would like to be sympathetic. I I would like to be sympathetic. This has happened at a number of teams. I think four teams so far. There's a meltdown. Uh, Mental health issues are very serious things. But from a teammate perspective, Booger, from a teammate perspective, what do people think when Antonio Brown does that? What do they, they can't, they can't think that they can rely on him. Can they? Well, you're right when it comes to that. Before I answer that thoroughly, let me let me hear your thoughts, Tony, on Antonio Brown. I, I would be very curious to hear your thoughts as you as you've seen him over the last six or seven years from three or four different teams. What are your thoughts from the outside looking in? So he's got great talent, which is why he gets chance after chance after chance. It's very similar to Kyrie Irving in that regard. I don't think he's a dependable teammate. I think he probably needs help and counseling. Um, but I think that has probably been made available to him at every stop along the way because he's good enough that people want him to be a productive player. Even when he was with Pittsburgh, before he sat the year out, I think he would arrive at training camp either on a horse or you know, you know, on, in a tank or something and to call attention to himself. I don't know the nature of his exact problem, but as good as he is, I would, I would be leery of having him as a teammate especially in a, in a team that requires 11 people acting as one and not five people acting as one. Those are my thoughts. So here, what about yours? So here, okay, so, so, so here's my thought on Antonio Brown, is that um, he's done this seemingly at every situation that he's been in with Mike Tomlin, who's a Hall of Fame coach, Bruce Arians, who is potentially going to be a Hall of Fame coach, Bill Belichick, the Hall of Fame coach, John Gruden gave him an opportunity. All he had to do was be quiet for two days, and he was going to get $29 million. So he's shown you this is who he is. Now, here's what I don't know. Uh, I don't know his mental state because I don't know him personally. I think the people that know him better and that know him closely should be able to decipher whether or not this is who he is from a personality standpoint, or does he really need mental uh, mental assistance and his mental health is, is of concern. And if so, he needs to get that help. Um, yes. But without knowing all that, here's what I'll say. I think Antonio Brown has an innate ability to be selfish. And when the chips are in his corner, when he feels like he has the upper hand, the selfishness really comes out. If you notice what happened in Pittsburgh, when he thought Pittsburgh needed him, his ability to go and record and and Facebook Live, Mike Tomlin's post-game speech was something he did because of selfish reasons. When he was in Las Vegas recording the conversation with John Gruden and his own helmet and all that, that was to benefit him. And in Tampa, Tom Brady, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, brought Antonio Brown into his house to live with him because he wanted to help him, Tony. So he's had people to reach out to try to help him. And the way that, way that he repaid Tom Brady back was to take his pads off on the sideline and do something we've never seen before, which is quit in the middle of a game and walk off and throw his pads and throw his shirt in the stand. I think he's selfish. Now, the only thing I don't know is, is, is he selfish because he needs mental help, or is this just his personality, and regardless of where he goes, 
and who he deals with, this is who he's going to be. That I cannot answer. But as a teammate, I would not want him on my team because this is the classic case of addition by subtraction. And I know everyone is wondering what the Bucks are going to do without him. I think the Bucks are going to be just fine without him because they have the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. I agree with all that. That's good. Let me get you to college for a second and get you out of here. The semifinals showed us that the top of the SEC is just better than everybody else. It's not even close. If you're in the position, this is the rematch, would you as a player rather be on the team that won the first game or rather be on the team that lost the first game? I believe that motivation plays a huge role in everything we do in life each and every day. Because without motivation, there is no perseverance, there is no will, there's no drive. So I would want to be the team that lost. Because now Mm. I couldn't sleep at night, Tony. I'd want to be motivated to stay in the film room a little longer. I'd want to be motivated to do things. Because that's that's not just the driver in life, Tony, in football. Like that's, That's the drive that we do every day. Like you're doing PTI from your attic in, in D.C., and you're motivated because you don't want to leave and go outside. And so your motivation to go in your attic and do PTI is that, hey, I don't have to leave home. I don't want to leave home. I don't want to get COVID. So that's your motivation. So you will gladly go in the attic to do PTI regardless of how, what, who, when, where. So the motivation to show up for Georgia is at an all-time high. Now, my question is, Tony, is really simple. Do we think that Seth and Bennett can beat Nick Saban? I personally don't. I don't think that Nick Saban does, but it really doesn't matter because Stetson Bennett has to think that he can win, and Kirby Smart has to think that he can win. We'll see. I think right now the fact that Vegas has Georgia as a slight favorite is a disservice to Georgia because Alabama, even though they beat Georgia by 20 points, is going to play the underdog card. And again, motivation. What did I talk about? Motivation. So even though Alabama won by 20 they still have the motivation of being the underdog. So this is a rare game where two teams are going to be highly motivated for different reasons, so we should get a fabulous, fabulous national championship game. Thank you, Booger. Thank you, as always. Stay warm. Absolutely, TK. I'll stay warm, buddy. Okay. Uh, we will come back with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, very hot. Yes. Five and two again. Chuck Todd. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a Simply Safe read. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. Right now, the folks at Simply Safe are giving listeners access to all their New Year's holiday deals. That's 20% off their award winning home security. And, wow, your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. You'll love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was even named Best Security. And to, you know what? I don't even understand this. We get this all the time. And they say Simply Safe was even named. Why don't you just say Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report? U.S. News and World Report has authority. You don't have to say even, just say they were. I don't get that. You can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind in the new year. And I add parenthetically, who wouldn't want that? All right, take 20% off your Simply Safe system and your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. Visit Simply Safe, and again, S-I-M-P-L-I. Visit simplysafe.com slash Tony. Simply Safe. 
Sleepcrystal.com slash Tony for 20% off your entire system. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called the Seniors of Marseille. It has gone its separate ways, but they released this song called Dashing Capes. And we get this letter from Steve Tarkington who writes, I'm a longtime little who hails from Silver Spring and I have vague childhood memories of band from the Tony Kornheiser show. I made the pilgrimage to Chatter, which is a cherished memory, even if I didn't work up the Shaputzva to talk to Gary, who's my favorite regular on the show. In terms of connective tissue, I was high school friends with Dan Kolko and my older sister babysat for the Neumeyer family, Armand's Pizza, Silver Spring, RIP. <laughs> I currently live in Brooklyn, and this was a band he was in, the Seniors of Marseille. This is called Dashing Capes, and it plays in Chuck Todd. And Michael, um, if people want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. In introducing Chuck Todd, let me do this like they do on that commercial where they go, Diane, Diane. <laughs> Chuck Todd, five and two, three straight weeks, 15 and six going into the last week, and 61, 57 and one overall. Chuck Todd. That's how you Todd. pay off credit card debt. That's how you pay off your holiday <laughs> credit card debt, buddy. You must feel pretty good about that. Three in a row. Nobody can say it's luck when it's three in a row. It's trending. That's right. That's right. It's a trend now, so watch out. Now the hardest right. week of the year. Or the dark First time we've ever had 17th game. Nobody has any idea what this means. Uh, we try to give you games that have playoff implications, but there aren't that many, to be fair. But let's start with the Saturday game. This has playoff implications, I think, unless Philadelphia is automatically in. Dallas is in. Dallas is minus seven at Philadelphia. I don't know Philadelphia's situation. I know that their quarterback is distracted by people falling from the stands on his head. And he wants a congressional investigation, Jalen Hurts does. That's a lot of points, it seems to me, unless the game is totally meaningless. But even so, if it's totally meaningless, it's a lot of points because there's no motivation. If you want Dallas at Philadelphia, you have to give seven. Why, and, why is, and what's Dallas's motivation? At this point, None. they can't get the one They've seed. They've won the division. Gonna, no. They won the division. They're going to have a home game. I guess your motivation is do you, when do you want to play Green Bay, right? Do you want to, unless you want to try to figure out where you want to be in, in, in the seating. This just feels like a super high number, and I'm trying to understand why. I mean, why do we assume I don't understand the, number. the people and Dallas doesn't? This would be a high number in a regular game. I'm not a big Philly. Philly doesn't play. Philly doesn't beat good teams, Right. Don't they? They right. beat bad teams. Um, uh, they don't really show up against good teams. But why do we think Dallas is showing up? That's just too many points. I'll, I'll take Philly. Um, but this smells like a, a very low-scoring game where they're both going to try to just avoid injury. Philadelphia is in the playoffs. Have they clinched? Or they, do they need this? They have. They've clinched a playoff spot. Oh, but I think so, their okay. their number, like you know, it doesn't matter. There's not. Well, they're a wild card. It doesn't matter. There's nothing. There's no motivation you, either way. There's no motivation either way. You don't, you don't way. know who the two is yet. It's not like you know. Right. Oh, I definitely want to play the Rams. Well, you don't know that the Rams no. are going to be the two, no. right? Rams, Bucks. Here's and, a, can the well, Cowboys be the two seed? I think conceivably they could be. Yeah, they're eleven and five, and the Rams and Tampa are both twelve and four. So no, I suppose lots no, of things. I don't know. A lot of things. Too many things have to happen. Pittsburgh My won the other night. The there was a, a game. 
You know, my yeah. favorite. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, so. the San Diego game. It, it, it's yeah, a yeah, fantastic yeah. circumstance. <laughs> um, yeah. Pittsburgh won the other night. Chuck was five and one going into that game. Took Cleveland. Pittsburgh won the game. Roethlisberger forty six passes, one hundred twenty three yards <laughs> gained, which is a joke. Wilbon's got this guy in the Hall of Fame unanimously tomorrow. I don't. Me personally, I don't. Anyway, Pittsburgh is now plus five and a half. Put Eli Manning in. Well, he won two. I don't. No, he won one. I thought he won one. Did he win two? Ben won two? I guess Ben is going to go in. I guess. He won two, didn't he? Wilbon likes him too much for me. He just likes him too much, so I go the other way. This is at Baltimore. (laughs) Baltimore got beat late. Baltimore has lost the last four games by a total of one point, it seems. It's just every week they yeah. lose late, and they lose by, by the narrowest of margins. I guess plus five and a half with Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't understand that either. Um, it, it's Roethlisberger. He's packed it in, I guess. I don't know. This is a very hard one. Baltimore's out. Pittsburgh's out. This is for nothing other than a certain amount of pride, and I don't know that they care. Plus five and a half seems like a lot. It went up two. I don't understand that. Yeah, in a normal week, you'd be all over the Steelers here, but they have a. They've yeah. had this. Uh, they've had this literally up and down. Now they can make the playoffs, though, can't they? Pittsburgh. I don't know. I I don't think they can make the playoffs. I thought there was one weird scenario that allowed them in if they won. Well, maybe they, they are still alive. They, oh, okay, they're, they're nine, still alive. They so they win. okay. And it's they a win, one o'clock. They're nine, seven, and one, right? So that okay. puts them somewhere here with Vegas. So they could beat Indianapolis. They could beat out Indianapolis because they can't beat out either the Raiders or the or the Chargers if one of those teams wins. Then one of those teams is in if they win. And I don't know it's how it works. Colts it's too complicated. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I think the Colts are in the bids, but they're yeah. also playing Jacksonville. Yeah. So. <sighs> Man, I, 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 can't, I can't. I can't trust the Ravens to cover that many points because I don't know what their motivation is. <sighs> Give me the dog at five and a half, but man, that is stinky. That's just right. a stinky line. Here's a game. Does New Orleans have any? They have no playoff possibilities. New Orleans, they have none, right? At Atlanta, uh, New Orleans game? still alive, still alive. No, I was just going to yes. say still alive. Yeah. Wow. San Francisco loses, well, right? Okay. San Francisco yeah, I think that would the Rams. Wow. Yes, that would be that would be the ticket in. I New believe. Orleans minus four at Atlanta, divisional game. Is this a sports show? Because you guys seem awfully uh, sure of all of these playoff scenarios. I'm just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you'd think I'd know something. New Orleans, Atlanta. I, why would you bet on Atlanta on anything? I wouldn't. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is this Matt Ryan's last game in Atlanta? Should it be? Probably. Probably. Um, it's probably his last game. The owner has never backed him. The owner's been bad about him. I don't like the owner. Dancing on the sidelines. Glad he lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> you done? Got anything did, else? Yeah. Didn't he invent Home Depot? <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. Didn't He's he one of the Home, Home Depot, Depot guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. one of the Home Depot yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. I got? Give, yeah. give me he the wants. Saints. I guess. Okay. That, another, another one where the line feels just a weird line, but, but all these fours and fives. I, I think this is Vegas not sure what to do. They're literally waiting for betters to decide how to move the line. These San Francisco. San Francisco does have has playoff hopes. They do. San Francisco is plus four at the Rams. The Rams are in. The Rams are in the playoffs. They may not win the division, right? If Arizona is so there's a way they couldn't lose 
couldn't win the division. But they I think lose and Arizona the wins. I think Arizona wins the division. Right. But San Francisco, yeah. I think, beat the Rams earlier in the year in San Francisco, I think. And they're getting four. But I don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah. And, and San Francisco owns the Rams normally. Yes. Yes. Look, I'm uh I don't love I don't love the Niners in this spot for for some reason, but that's that's a lot of points and they need the win. They have to win, right? They is there a scenario where yes. they lose and make the playoffs? No. Nigel? Okay. They can't lose and make the playoffs, can they? Who's this? New Orleans well, um, San if Francisco. New Orleans and San Francisco both lose, would San Francisco make the playoffs? Uh wins tiebreaker let's see if, no I I don't have that tiebreak. I'm sorry. You don't have anything. Gotcha. No. Well, gotcha. I'm consulting with, with Reginald right now. So, all right, go yes. ahead. All right. Well, maybe Reginald will get the answer. Give me, give, me the, give me the points. Give me the Niners, I guess. We should always say that Chuck Todd would not bet his own money on any of these games we give him. <laughs> any of these games. Although the, it should be like the, the lawyer, one. you know, Chuck Todd will not bet any of his own actual money on any of these picks. You know, it's a little tight. Um, the next one is sort of interesting. It's New England at Miami. New England is in, right? New England is in, uh, in the playoffs at this point. New England and Buffalo are still deciding who wins the AFC East. Miami had this great run um, and then lost to Tennessee. Was it to Tennessee that they lost last week? They lost to somebody. I think it was to Tennessee. And suddenly New England is a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road by virtue of drubbing Jacksonville? Really? Six and a half? Doesn't that seem like a lot to you? I agree it is. And not only that, Nigel, you're, I know you're a Pats fan. Doesn't Miami always win this game? They always play like Miami, the last game of the year. It, yes, it, Miami like, has given them fits yes. in the past. And, and it's it, a former Patriots coach is there. So, I mean, yeah, uh, Brian Flores. I, I, I expect it to be much closer than this, but that spread surprises me a great deal. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I, I know the Dolphins have nothing to play for, but there's something about this spot, Patriots seem to always play Miami in Miami in the last last week or two and come up short. Uh, yes, and and struggle. You had that weird play, I think, you know, that one couple years ago where Miami either the lost last play of the game. Play. Yeah, last yeah. play of the game. Yeah. Um, so for all of that, again, I, I know I'm doing the trend. I think I've taken uh, underdogs almost every time here, but uh, give me the points again with Miami. You're going to take Miami. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it, it's it, in all of these scenarios. It feels like when you're not sure which which team cares. It feels like don't be don't be stuck giving points this week. It okay. just feels like a, a bad week to do that. Um, yeah, you gave points with New Orleans, but as you said, who's betting on Atlanta? So, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the San Diego Chargers now strangely living in L.A are three-point favorite on the road at Las Vegas. Now, let's be fair. All of us thought that Las Vegas was going right down the bowl, and it looked like they were because they lost five out of six. Then they won three in a row, including at Indy last week. At Indy. And, Chuck, I know you had that, but I wouldn't. I'm so surprised that they actually won that game. Chargers are a better team than the Raiders. But part of me just thinks that the Raiders have – Something magic right now. Although I, I don't know. Would you, would you give the three yeah. and take you know, the your, Raiders? Uh, your friend Bill Simmons refers to the Raiders coach as the pit boss at the win. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Passaccia. Passaccia. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. And I have to say, the minute I heard that, I'm like, that's all I see. I'm like, yeah, I have seen that yeah. guy in the pit yeah. boss. And he has told me it's time for you to leave. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I hate the Chargers. The good thing here is the Chargers are on the road, right? They're a terrible home team. Yeah, they're a good, um, good road team. And the Chargers are the better team. They're the ones that belong in the playoffs. But here's what I hope happens. I hope, what is it, if the Colts lose and these guys The Colts tie, have to lose and Pittsburgh has to lose. And then if and they just then, tie, they both make it, right? Right. So we, you hope for 40, 60 minutes of kneel down and just Al Michaels down. goes That's crazy. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. Goes crazy. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you say they would both get that in. yesterday? Think, yeah. yeah. Go, I, I, Uncle Big exactly Al goes insane. Yeah. Make Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth fill the air. Let's hear yeah. how you do it. So, that yeah. that's that's high wire act sports broadcasting. Um, give me the Chargers. Uh, this is a case where I, they're better team. They're the better team. But they are. They're going to screw this up with a field goal, like miss field goal or miss two point conversion at the end, aren't they? Because that's what the Chargers do. Well, you can't trust their coach. Their coach goes for it from everywhere. Everywhere, Brandon Staley goes Bengals, for it all the could time. Could you imagine Bengals Chargers? There'd be no punch. No, they're just going on fourth down when you can win the game. They're just going yeah. anyway. All right. Washington is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at the New York Giants. The Giants are a disaster. Joe Judge is probably out after that filibuster the other day that made absolutely no sense. But Washington isn't, isn't very good. Um, by the way, thoughts on the team? We both you, you agree, right? That it should they should keep Washington football team. Of course, they should. Uh, yeah, what else absolutely. I, I, what are yeah. you doing? I don't. You know, I, I Washington think they don't like the fact brigade? that WFT and WTF. Happen yeah, well, I, I, they I have I happen to do that quite a bit by accident. Yeah, we got to this them. one. Um, first of all, that Joe Judge presser. Do you remember? You remember uh, Mike Gundy's press conference? I'm forty. Oh, the I'm a man. man? I'm a man. Yeah, I'm forty. I'm, 40. I'm a man. I'm a grown man. It yeah. kind of reminded me of that, and it was about the only thing missing in that presser uh, by Mr. Judge. Uh, that's a lot of points for a team that has nothing to play for either. Um, would you be given that many points? I know that Giants a lot. are terrible too, but ugh. why does anybody have to watch? I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> you're the NFL. You have these two large markets, Washington, New York, and 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 you have to give them this game. Right, but you're contractually obligated to give them this game. This is what they play for the prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> they force them to watch this game. That's what they do. Just awful. Just awful. It's yeah. pretty clear that the, the New York City media market, they must have decided that they don't like the NFL anymore because they yeah. just don't allow good teams there. Um, that's that's too many points. I can't trust the football team with six and a half, so I won't. Okay. Give me the uh, – It's it allows Reginald to be the uh, the hometown monkey. Sixty-one, fifty-seven, and one. Stay above five hundred heading into the playoffs. Oh, I'm Stay nervous. Above. It's a tough week yeah. to do that. I understand. I understand. All right, thank. All right, my friend. Thank you, Chuck. Stay off ninety-five. Thank also, you. don't go near ninety-five. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, oh, Chuck Todd. And if we gave you just Chuck Todd, we'd be giving you everything you could need. <clears throat> 
But we do more than that because we love you. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Sing along, He's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the bikes, bikes. Sometimes bikes. So here's what the monkey has regressed to the me. Yeah, really. The monkey's one stress. and two and 23 and 28 overall. Cannot the monkey get... always picks against Chuck Todd. I don't understand that. I don't understand it. Diametrically Every opposed. Every once in a while, shouldn't the monkey pick with Chuck Todd, who's above 500? It has it has hurt him in these last three weeks for sure. Is right. Chuck has been on fire. Yeah. Um, I, I will have to pose that question to him the next time I go down there. I did not ask that of him last night. I went down there. Um, as you might imagine, Reginald was busy plowing around the National Zoo. Yeah. He runs the service called Plowchimp. Plowchimp. Yes, which yeah. is a, it's a great... If you need your streets plowed in D.C., call Plowchimp. In fact, if he'd been in charge of I-95, none of this would have happened. Yeah. Yes. So he and his business partner, Bud Grant, got out of the plow truck to go over some of these matches with me. The first one we gave him was... Uh, the uh, the Vegas Chargers game, and he showed me a very old photograph of him on stage at the Tropicana with the Rat Pack. So he is going to take the Vegas Raiders. Can you name everybody in the Rat Pack? There was Dean Martin, there was Frank Sinatra, um, Frank uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford. Yes, is there, and is there one I'm missing? Joey Bishop. Joey Bishop. Yes. And and they allowed Shirley MacLaine. Right. They allowed Shirley MacLaine in, and in later years, they allowed Liza Minnelli in. Yes, I, I knew uh, Yeah, I knew about yeah. Liza. Did not, I forgot yep. Joey Bishop completely. Peter Lawford. Yes. yes. Yep. Was that the one you thought I would miss? Yes. <laughs> you got it, but you missed Joey Bishop, <laughs> an obvious jo I know, that's terrible. It gave you so much joy to see him miss that name, <laughs> yeah. to see him struggle. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What else? Uh, the next match we gave him, and this is a bit of a surprise, it was the New England uh, giving six and a half at Miami. And this is just a photograph. Normally, he's with a group of people. This is just a picture of him at a Dunkin' Donuts, we're assuming in, in the Boston area, with one Whitey Bulger. We don't know what they were discussing. The mayor of Duncan. Is that what he <laughs> said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they were getting some Krullers and smoking with their hands held outside the door. Yeah. So that tells me he's got ties Go to the New England to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> he will take, he will take the Patriots. That's a funny bit. Oh, it's a fantastic bit. It's a funny little bit. Have you seen the other one? No. The Sam Adams beer one? No. We'll show that to you in the in the break. It's, it's, That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and the last match we gave him was... Uh, Washington giving six and a half on the road at the terrible New York football Giants. And this was a, a photo of him just from the other day, repairing the railings out at FedEx Field. Clearly, he's got uh, some sort of contractual obligations with that team. How about the raw sewage at FedEx Field? Well, they, they took That's care next. of the sewage. <laughs> yeah. But as a tease, it's a punch don't list. forget the name change, February 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't worry about the sewage in the falling apart stadium. Yeah. We're going to give you a bright new shiny name. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Time to set a new president ah, with great. the presidents. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag Gonna read some for all of you folks Tim Wildsmith 
Many, many thanks for that. That's lovely. Knives, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com. Forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say they furnished off an apartment with a two-room Robux sale. The cooler radar was crammed with TV dinners and ginger ale. But when Pierre found work, the little money coming worked out well. Say la vie, say the old folks. It goes to show you never can tell by the great Charles Berry. <laughs> thanks to our guests today, Leon Harris, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarland. Thanks to today's sponsors, X Chair Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I never got to this. Michael, you drove home yesterday. Oh, thank you so much for, uh, for including me today. I'm, I'm glad that my family and I braved 95 <laughs> North just to get to this show. You drove home yesterday, and you had to deal with the closure on 95. The worst part about this is, for six hours, we had one of the best driving days you could have up 95. There was very low volume, and and we have Waze, we have you know Twitter, we have Facebook, so we we knew what we were driving into. I'm looking at all these poor saps from Florida who had no idea what was coming their way, and what what you did not mention earlier is one of the routes that they routed people onto also shut down so we were lucky we knew what was going to happen we knew that it was going to be about an hour delay uh we visited all the kip sheeman you know stomping grounds we went through the northern neck we got off at 104 through bowling green and luckily we got through before the refreeze before the sun went down because there were trees down everywhere traffic going over the harry nice bridge was dreadful as you have you forget you have trailers tractor trailers who have to make this route up north as well but you filled up your car i told you to fill up in north so carolina we, we filled up in north carolina we Just stopped because of the tracy example we stopped at a starbucks in wilson and this is where life takes you same exit we realize as the chick-fil-a we stopped through in march of 2020 on our way down to south carolina we tried to get more gas in uh, at, at the king's dominion stop all out Really? Oh, we, we could have out. we could have we could have refilled as we were going through Southern Maryland. Yeah, because you were going we through just towns. Didn't need to, yeah, right? we didn't need to at that point. And when you finally saw something that resembled something you understood, when I finally when we turned onto six ninety five and saw Nats Park, I felt like I was home. <laughs> yeah, I felt like opening day was just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have stopped in to see if they were selling. I almost it. booked a room at a Bet MGM. Yeah. Oh, that would have yeah, been I great. I think I saw there Chuck Todd on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm so glad you're home. Yes. No, I'm glad, you know, because I'm I mean, just so grateful that Pineapple was able to get to our house because that would have, you know, the, the freeze that happened here would have been tough to get the kids out to get to get ourselves back into the house. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I know I'm not doing emails. We were very lucky. It is an amazing thing to shut down 95 in 95. both directions. It yeah. is an amazing thing and is not something that anybody should be proud of. And it is something that people should study because there were massive failures here. And you just can't say, oh, we were overwhelmed by the snow. No, that doesn't. Nope. You have to prepare for these things for the next time. You have to prepare for the next time so that it doesn't happen again. You have express lanes. They had to use the express lanes, which were cleared, to try and use those for emergency vehicles. But you're looking at the VDOT's official Twitter page. It's just retweeting other people as they're trying to say, you know, no fatalities or we're working on it. You need a little bit more. No, it was. it's awful. There's a lot of lanes available. Yep. and. You know, there's the ability to bring in helicopters if you need it. There's the ability to do something that indicates to people in their cars that you care about them. Get the tanks from Quantico. That, well, yeah, they're right next to Quantico. Bring the Marines in. I mean, honestly, if you're asking people who were in that, what is the most disappointing thing? It's that you get the sense no one cared. No one cared. It's terrible. I mean, that's really a bad deal. 
Sorry I didn't read any emails, but you begin the show with this and you end the show with this. Right? Absolutely. It's a big deal. All right. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Hola, nosotros somos Pineapple Landscape y escuchamos el show de Tony Kornheiser. Pero este show apesta.
Jesus.